0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise God. God is so good. Uh, I've been, of course, ministering out of the book of James. And, uh, you know, it's good to study the epistles written to the church. Uh, in, In the New Testament, you have, you know, the Gospels which is the account of Jesus' life, and that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you have the book of Acts, and then you have the letters written to the church. And, and these letters are, are here to really to instruct us. So it's really important that we, we study our Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, study your Bible. And, you know, um, uh, I am kind of taking my time through the book of James because there are so many good nuggets that we can get out of this on, on really how to live. You know, what I'm trying to do in, in teaching you is I, I want you to be the most successful Christian out there. I want you to be the most blessed Christian out there. And so when you receive the Word of God and you're able to receive it, understand it, and apply it, you can walk in the best that God has for you. And so that's my prayer for you, that you walk in the abundant life. That's what Exceed Life Church is all about. It's about walking in a higher life, uh, uh, abundant life, eternal life. Amen. Which is having a relationship with God the Father through his son Jesus and having fruitful relationships with one another. Amen. Can you say fruitful relationships with one another? And that's going to be the challenge of all of our lives at times. Amen? And so so uh we're we're gonna go head right into James chapter two. And uh, in James chapter 2, I titled this, uh, Have Sincere Love for People. Have Sincere Love for People. And so James 2, verse 1, says it this way, My brethren, do not hold the faith of of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel... And there should also come a poor man in filthy clothes and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and became ju- and become judges uh, with evil thoughts? So, um, you know, as I was studying this, I love our church, and the reason why I love our church is because we are a mix of a lot of different people in here. Amen. And I love that, and I love the fact because I believe that's what heaven's going to be like. Amen. And it's not going to be all one, you know, one kind of person, amen? We're all different people from all different kind of backgrounds, amen? amen? And uh, and I love that, and that's the way church should be. We It should be a multitude of uh, every tongue and every tribe, the Bible says. And so I love that we're a multicultural church. Yeah. And that's the way I really believe God wants it. Amen? Yeah. And so here, uh, uh, James is instructing us that we we need to be be careful about judging people. And about judging people on their appearance or what they look like or what they wear. That's why we're pretty, you know, of course I wear a jacket up here and I try to... You know, try to look a little GQ up here, but um, but you know, you can come in here jeans and a T-shirt. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? As long as you wear clothes, you know, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not preaching a nudist colony in here. We we, we need some modesty, amen. Uh, so as long as you wear clothes, Pastor Dave's good, amen. And it could be a t- unless it, make sure it's no vulgar things on T-shirts and stuff like that. And uh, of course, men wear your pants, oh, you know, up on your waist. Okay. We'll continue. <laughs> my son is, um, he's a special needs child, uh, Christian. And um, he'd be walking around with his with his pants like down to his, you know. And I said, and my, my wife said, pull his pants up. I said, no, he's in with a fashion. You know, so we'll continue. And... <laughs> <laughs> If you know what I'm talking about, but anyway, it's not my fashion. I don't know whose fashion it is, but it's not my fashion. But we'll continue. But James is telling us not to be judgmental of, of people that may may be you know look less fortunate than us, and we also don't we, we also need to be very careful and there's a there's a a term called brown nosing. Anybody ever heard that term? and that that's an old term. that's when you're trying to kiss up to the boss to get a, to get a raise, right? And that's you know that's an old term called brown it 's like you're trying to you know when you 're on your best behavior when the boss comes in right but when he when he walks out the door you 're talking you know trash behind his back okay we won 't go there but uh but but you brown but brown knows and is trying to you know yeah, yeah, trying to um, you know get yourself in a position where you can be blessed by that person if you if you see that that person might be able to do something for you. You, 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 you put yourself on your best behavior, and the person that may not be able to do something for you, you treat them like you know, like you're, you're outlaws. Amen? And so, so James is saying, be very careful that you're not trying to, another person put it, jockeying for a position. So, in other words, God's the one that promotes. So you don't have to play politics. I said it. You know, my, my dad is uh, retired from the military after 22 years, and he, he retired at the highest enlisted. He was uh, a chief petty officer. He ranked E9, and that's the highest you can go as enlisted. But they wanted him to become an officer. He had the abilities uh, to be an officer, but he didn't want to play the politics. He said, I just don't like the politics. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? In other words, you got to be a certain way and and he just said, no, I, I, I just want to be like, with, like, the other, like everybody else now. You know, I, I'm just one of the guys. I may be a master chief, but I'm one of the guys. Amen? And that's where we got to really get an understanding. You know, uh, everybody in God's eyes is equal. Amen. In other words, God doesn't look down on people. Amen? And, and, so, and so we need to take that kind of... We don't want to look down on people. We... We, we want to see the, even, you know, sometimes, I, you know, we do. I mean, I, I drove past a guy, you know, that uh, was on the side of the road asking for money. And I said, look at that guy. And, um, and, and then the Lord corrected me and said, you don't know where, where he's at. Amen. Amen. I said, yes, that's right, Lord, forgive me, you know. And sometimes we can do that because, you know, I, I saw a guy without legs working um, in front of a pizza place spinning a sign and i said man look at that guy and i was like that guy is really that guy doesn't have legs and he's working and and sometimes we can compare and say these guys are healthy they they look like they eat 3 meals a day some of them look like they eat 5 meals a day and they're and they're standing there begging for money and probably getting money from the government anyway and i know that there's people out there that take advantage of the system right but not everybody does. And so we have to give people a benefit of the doubt. Amen. And so I, Pastor Dave has to work on that. Amen. And uh, I'm being honest with myself. Amen. And, and that's, that, that's how you grow in your faith. Is that you, you say, okay, is there's areas that I can get better at. And I think we all can get better at that. Amen. Because we all can have a tendency to look down. On people that are different than us. Amen. And so so, so, so the next uh, title of this, uh, of what I'm talking about, is God is not prejudice. And, uh, and prejudice, you know, I kind of thought about that. That means you're prejudging somebody. Prejudice. You know, you're prejudging. And God doesn't prejudge. Amen. And so I love that because here in Acts 10, 34, 35, Peter... Um, is at a house that he was shocked that he was in, and he you know it, it had to take a vision from God, an angel and then talking to him god speaking to him for him even for him to get into this italian 's house because the Jews thought that that the gospel that salvation was only uh for the Jewish people, and so they they kind of like everybody else you're you 're sorry you 're out <laughs> You know if you weren 't born a jew you 're done unless you 're going to proselyte and become a a jew uh, you know uh and, and try to become a jew that way and there are some people that have they, they they left their gods and became you know a jewish proselyte and so you know the Jews were like you know this we're, we're, you know we 're the we only have the truth god picked us and the whole world's going to hell right and uh, we got to be very careful with that attitude amen and so uh when peter was brought into this house of this italian amen um and this italian which was amazing he was praying and fasting and he was giving alms to the jewish people and um god, you know heard his prayers and god said wow this guy is out of the box i got to get him saved you know, and and we're talking about an unsaved guy that doesn't know Jesus, but uh, but you know what? When when you're walking a life, a, a giving a life, a life that gives out, and that, that you're not a, not a selfish life, God respects that, and God will do awesome things uh, in your life. So so Peter uh, sees that you know, God is working in this situation. And Peter opens his mouth in Acts 10, 34, and 35. And Peter opens his mouth and said, Of truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. Amen. So, th- so, so Peter got the revelation. Well, you know, and we need to get that revelation. Some people sometimes believe, um, you know, in a... Uh, idea or a, a thought that God just picks and choose who he wants to have in the kingdom. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of a Calvinistic viewpoint. You know, God, if God picks you, you're in. And if God doesn't like you, you're out. But my Bible says, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, can somebody say, I'm a whoever. <laughs> whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, right? So, so I believe that God wants everybody. There's another scripture that says that God uh, wants everyone to uh, repent and come to the knowledge of Jesus, Amen. And that God doesn't want anybody to perish, Amen. And um, and so, because God gave His best, His Son, for us, Amen. And so, the next title of this is genuine love, and 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 this is what we really need to be be walking in in genuine love because. If we're just playing up to people we think that can do us something good for us, then we're being hypocritical in our love, right? If we're just trying to kiss up to people that can do something for us and we're, and we're discarding the people that can't, then our love is not genuine. And God wants, to have, he wants us to have genuine love as believers. And, and in Romans uh, 12, 9 and 10, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Clean to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another so 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 what is what is paul say, uh, uh, saying in this scripture here he's saying don't have hypocritical love, love everybody, amen, love them uh, because they're created in the image of god and I, I'm going to say this sometimes. Uh, people get this idea, even some Christians, th- thinks that God, you know, hates sinners. And that, and that God, and sometimes people will preach, you're a bunch of sinners, you're going to hell, God hates you, you're going to die. You know? And, you know, no, God loves you, the sinner. Amen. Amen. But, God, but God hates the sin. Yeah, right. yeah. And it's the sin that sends people to hell. Amen. Not God sending people to hell. Amen. It's the people that's persisting in sin that doesn't want to repent and get their life right with God. They may up, end up in hell. It's sin. God hates sin because sin destroys and separates us from him. And sin destroys and separates us because the most important thing to God is relationship. Can I talk to you this morning? <laughs> it, relationship is the most important thing with God. It's our relationship with him. Right. And our relationship with other people, right? So, so God wants us to have a fruitful relationship with him, and He wants us to have fruitful relationship with others. And what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to destroy our relationship either with him through sin, or he's try- and with sin, it can destroy our relationship with others, like our family. So like our sin can destroy our family. right? So what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to destroy families. He wants to destroy our relationship with God. And he wants to destroy our relationship with families through sin. So God hates sin. Amen. And I'm telling you, we got to hate sin. Amen. And, you, and, and I'm telling you, if we don't hate sin, then, then we'll, we will fall under this idea that God's okay with it and we'll walk in it. And we should always be trying to walk upright before God every day of our life. Amen. We should always be saying, God, please help me. to. I pray every day, Lord, keep me from evil. Keep me from saying something wrong. Yeah. Keep me from being judgmental. Keep me, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I pray these prayers because I'm, I constantly try to, you know, you know how you're, you know, the Bible says that judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Yeah. See, there are some teachings that says, well, God's already judged everything. Jesus is on the cross. All your sins are, are, are um, what, forgiven, past, present, and future. Has anybody ever heard that? In a sense, yes, and in a sense, no. Yes and no, your sins are forgiven past, present, yet it's yes and no. It's not a complete yes and it's not a complete no. You might say, what does that mean? Well, we still got to judge ourselves and we still got to repent and we still got to turn to God when we mess up. And it's not like, well, God knows all my weaknesses. It's covered under the blood. I don't have. No, you still got to fess up when you mess up. Amen. Amen. And Even when you mess up with your spouse, you need to say you're sorry to your spouse every once in a while. Remember, uh, you, anybody, you know, I, I use this example every once in a while. Remember, anybody used to watch Happy Days in here? Yeah. Sunday, Monday, Happy Days. <laughs> and Fonzie, remember Fonzie, and, and and remember he couldn't say he was wrong. Yeah. yeah, he was all he always had to be right, and when he went. Oh, yeah, you know, and some of us have a hard time admitting that we're wrong. Oh, pastor, did you, we don't want to admit wrong for anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We want to try to make an excuse for why we do things. No, sometimes we're dead wrong. And sometimes we just need to admit it. We're just dead wrong. Amen. And then God can work with us. But he can't work with us when we don't want to admit that we're dead wrong about stuff. Amen. So, so let's look at this. And Jesus here, um, he, he, he talks about ju- being judgmental. And in Matthew 7, he says here, Judge not that you be not judged, for Matthew 7, 1 through 5. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck that is from your eye and look at the plank that is in your own eye? A hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Um, So what is he saying here? Jesus is saying here that we all have issues. And don't get so high in mind because you're able to exceed in some area of faith, in some area, and this person hasn't, hasn't exceeded in that area. You and, and sometimes we get high in mind. Well, I got it here, Pastor. I know about this in, in the faith. Yeah, knowledge puffs up. Amen. But love edifies. Amen. Right? Yeah, we can know some stuff. I know some stuff. And uh, and like I, you know, I may know some stuff, but other people might know some stuff, too. And just because I might have more knowledge in an area of biblical knowledge um, and they don't have that knowledge doesn't mean that um, they're not superior to me uh, or or that I'm superior to them. That's a better way to say it doesn't mean I'm just because I have more knowledge because they may have more knowledge in something else. And they might be an expert somewhere else where I'm an idiot. That's why we got to be very careful in knowledge, knowing some things. Sometimes we think because we have it, we can puff us up. Amen. We need to be very careful, and then we need to be very careful judging somebody that we're on something that we might be doing ourselves. So we got to clear the deck in a sense and make sure that we're walking right before we start trying to um, correct other people. So it says here in Philippians 2, 5, 11, I wish I had my daughter here because she has this memorized and I would be so proud of her to, she has, she goes, she's in in Bible school or, well, she, it's not Bible school, it's, it's homeschool, but it's a biblical uh, curriculum and she could say this whole thing. It's amazing and I'd be so proud. But anyway, maybe I have to get her to get, get her up here. It's Philippians 2, 5, and 11. Now let's, because I'm going to say this, look at your neighbor and say, put on the right attitude. attitude. See, we got to put on the right, see, again, I've said this many a times, this faith walk is an attitude test. Because you're going to be sitting in here and and, and we're going to have a tendency to critique what's going on in, in the service. And you might be thinking, it's way too cold in here. You might be thinking, it's way too hot in here. You might be thinking, I don't like the way he reads scriptures. You know, yeah, and we what we, we end up critiquing everything, and you become a critic, and then and then when you become a critic, you, you're not a, uh, critics aren't the most happy people in the world, right? They're, because when you're a critic, you're finding out what's wrong instead of what's right, right? And so, so here it says in Philippians two, it's put on a right attitude. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Notice that Jesus did not make himself of no reputation. In other words, he wasn't trying to uh, play the political uh, uh, game and trying to win approval with all the higher ups. Uh, He made himself of no reputation and, 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 and also... He's saying here, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in in the likeness, uh, coming in in likeness of men, being found in appearance of a man. he humbled himself. So you've got to think about Jesus. You know, he was in all his glory in heaven with the heavenly father. And he laid all that down and he humbled himself to become just like us. And so, so he, he laid it all down. And sometimes God, you know, he, he may call, he may, you might get the call from God. And sometimes God might say, uh, to some of us, he did this for me. Uh, especially if you get the call, amen. And we're all called, amen, in a sense. But when you get the call to minister, the Lord might tell you to leave a corporate job. He might tell you to leave money on the table. He might tell you to, 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 to sell all your stuff. He, he might tell you to go move and, and live in a hut in Tahiti. Well, that might be a good thing. But okay. And... <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good thing. That sounds like a tr- that sounds like a, my, uh, uh, what is it, uh, I was say, yeah, it sounds like a honeymoon, doesn't it? Tahiti in a hut, right? And, uh, but maybe, may- he might tell you to do that, but if he does, and you get in the will of God, you'll be the happiest person on the planet. If you don't fight the will of God and work with the will of God, you'd be the ha- what The reason why some of us Christians aren't that happy is because we fight the will of God. I'm, I'm preaching and I'm meddling. We fight what God wants us to do. We fight, you know, our flesh fights. I don't want to do that, you know. And, and, and we're, we're just, we, we become average, ordinary people. And we're supposed to be walking in the divine nature. And we're not supposed to be average, ordinary people just trying to struggle, just trying to make it through this. No, we're supposed to be reigning like kings on this earth. And when we start walking and lining ourselves up with God, I'm telling you, we will reign like kings on this earth. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to reign. And so, so Jesus paid the price for us, the reign. And he's saying that Jesus became a form of a bondsman, coming in the likeness of man, being found in the appearance of man. He humbled himself became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him, giving him the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we see here... That Jesus had to humble himself to get in a position of exaltation, right? And so if you, if you want God to raise you up, you're going to have to learn to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You're going to have to learn to obey God when it's not easy. You're going to have to learn to pray for those that despitefully use you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You're going to have to put the word of God in practice. Amen. Amen. And so when you when you humble yourself, God can raise you up. And so so here, uh, Paul actually says it this way about about Jesus was a humble man and Jesus was called the friend of sinners. Did you know that sinners like to hang out with Jesus? Some people say sinners. like but was was he like, you know, the bartender there? No, no, no. But Jesus didn't judge people. Amen. He, he, he saw them in the in, in, in what they could be. He, he, he saw the, the greatness that could be in people. And we got to look at people and not where they're at, not, how, not in their weaknesses, but how great can God make them? God can make you great. God can turn you into some, another person. God can even make some of you nice. Some of you are so honorary. You get up, you're honorary. Some of you are sitting there, ah, I don't need to listen to this. Ah. Don't act like the other guy. I'm going to act like my big brother Jesus. I'm not going to act like the other guy. Old Sloughfoot, right? <laughs> Satan, you know, the other guy. And he got kicked out of heaven. Amen. So let's look at this. James continues to instruct. Uh, oh, let me, let me look, put this in here. Paul brings uh, equality to the body of Christ. Let's look at this. Galatians 3, 26 and 29. And I'm about ready to close. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. Ladies, say amen on that. Amen. Some of you ladies say, man, I'm tired of being the, you know, the tail and the man being the head. Well, in Christ, we're equal in Christ. Amen. Oh, yeah. Now, there, of course, the, the let me just get this straight. The, the husband needs to lead the household uh, as God leads him. But if he goes on golly, then the lady still has to follow Jesus. Amen. Remember Smith Wigglesworth? Was was backslidden in his walk. Smith Wigglesworth was this was this mighty man of God that 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 became something awesome in God. That he was an evangelist and and he walked in miracles and healings and he raised people from the dead. Anybody ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? And and of course he was backslidden at one time. Uh, ladies, you might be married to a uh, Smith Wigglesworth and not know it. Amen. And but he was a backslider and he said, "Well, I read in the Bible that you got to listen to your man." You know, I'm just paraphrasing it, and you're going to that church too much, and you got to listen to me. I don't want you going to church tonight. You know, you're know, just going to church way too much. And she said, well, you may be my husband, but Jesus is my Lord, and I'm going to church. you got to be able to bop that head back for you. I'm going to church. No, she, she probably said it really nice. You know, Jesus is my Lord, and I have to follow Jesus. So she went to church that night. Of course, you know what he says. You go to church, I'm going to lock you out. I'm going to lock you out of the house. My, and this guy was, was God used him in a mighty way in his later years. Amen. can, can God use a hard, crusty, mean Christian? Yes, sir. He's using me. Okay. We'll continue. And, uh, ask my wife. Okay. We'll continue. And, uh, Kenny, are you, <laughs> you just see me up here. I'm all polished now. I look good up here, but behind the door, man. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, we all look good, but you know when we come to church, we got we got everything on. Yeah, I, I'm thinking again some plastic surgery. I'm not going to. I'll, I'll talk to you about that later. But anyway, see my 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 profile. See, okay. I'll continue. So 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 neither male or female, you are one in Christ Jesus, and if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So so Smith Wigglesworth. Knocked his wife out, right? And she came home, locked out. I guess she didn't have a key. And she, she slept, she was there all night on the side of the door. And he, in the morning, he got up, opened the door. And she fell in. She got up and made him his best breakfast. Of course, he had to choke it down. And, uh, and she just walked in love. She just, she, her love changed him, right? And so I'm going to say this. Your love can change people. People can be hard. People can be cold. People can be cruel. Uh, but your love can change people. Amen. And, and it's the love of God in you. That's why you got to spend time with God. That Because if I don't spend time with God, then when I'm being judgmental and critical on somebody on the street, I'm not even going to hear God tell me, uh, hey, man, hey, 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 you're being a little critical there. Because I'm gonna, I, I, if I'm not spending time with God, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time hearing. I'm going to have hard hearing. From the spirit, if I can't hear from the spirit, I can't get corrected. If I don't get corrected, I might get judged. Oh, Pastor, you're preaching. You mean you mean God will judge people? Yeah. People being judged all the time. You you could say it this way, Well, God's not judging anybody. Well, judgment begins in the house of the Lord, the Bible says. And also there is a law called sowing and reaping. Have you ever heard of that law? You know, I, I, in, in the world, it's what goes around comes around. That's how the, that the world says, what goes, you know, pastor, what goes around comes. Eventually, he'll come back around. That's kind of, that's kind of a law out there. But, God, but, but the biblical way of saying it is, whatsoever a man sows, so shall he reap. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you'll reap life, right? So if we continue to sow into the flesh, then death is at the end of that. I'm preaching today, man, man, glory to God. See, sometimes I need to preach. Uh, I need to get you guys a little nervous in your seats because I need to stay nervous because I took, I took God for granted at times. I've taken his grace for granted at times. I thought that maybe I'm, the rules don't apply to me. I thought I could do a little darkness and God would overlook that. Uh, he didn't let me get away with it. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And, and you know what? Thank God he ain't going to let you get away with it either. Because you're not going to be happy. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be just a miserable person. And you're like, God, oh, I can't stand living like this. And then you're going to have to get God in your life in a greater way. Amen? Amen. Amen. Everybody, anybody tired of being miserable? Amen. We have, a, we have an altar call at the end of this service. And I'm about ready to close down. So it says here, James continues his instructions to walk in love. Let me continue. Now you know, listen, I'm trying to get through this book. It might be until Jesus might come back before I get through this book. Man, I'm only, we're in the fourth, fifth week of it or something. And I'm only on James 2. I'm trying to get through this. And I don't even think I can finish this up today because, because the food is smelling really good. And I'm getting a little carnal right now. Okay, but here, we'll continue here. Uh, oh, that smells so good. Okay. Uh, and I didn't have breakfast. Okay. James, I'm just going to close. This. I'm glad I'm the king here. No, I'm kidding. He's the king. I can almost do it. I can drop the mic. Let's eat. Okay. Uh, James continues to instruct us to walk in love towards people. Now, let's look at this. And I'm, I'm closing down because I can tell you guys are like, I'm done. Okay. Um, James 2, 5, and 7. Listen, my beloved brethren. Has God not chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which He promised to those who love Him, but you have dishonored the poor man. Do, do the rich oppress you and drag you into courts? Do they not blaspheme the noble name by which you are called? so So he's saying here that you know. Uh, he's, he's continuing to, to let us know. Uh, James was kind of a fiery preacher, you know. And he's just saying, listen, uh, uh, just be aware that don't be judging the poor and, and, and don't be, you know, kissing up to the rich. Amen. And, uh, and in James 2, 8 through 13, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well, but if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point is guilty of all. Now I'm going to stop right there for a second because I think sometimes we can evaluate our lives as we walk in Christ, and we can see that we have 99 percent good walk, but we got that one thing that's not good, and we think because that 99 percent of what we're doing is really good it outweighs that one thing that's bad it doesn't see you could be a faithful husband or a faithful wife for 364 days out of the year but that one day you you go to uh you know you you, you commit adultery on your spouse but you're good 364 what, four days Aren't you more faithful for 364 days? No, that one day of committing adultery wipes out the 364 days of faithfulness. You're like, what? Well, he's saying here, if, if, you, if you're judging somebody about a sin that they have that you're not walking in that particular sin, but you have another sin that, that you know, your secret sins, right? Which will be exposed to the world. <laughs> Amen. And if you're if you got some sin in your life, and you think that you're okay because you're good over here, but you're not good over here, then you start becoming judgmental. No, no. If you sin in one area, you sin in all. Right. That's why we need to walk right with God. Amen. I believe you can walk right with God. I don't believe you can. You, oh, Pastor, everybody sins. Everybody sins every day. I don't. I'm not trying to if I find out that I did, I'm going to repent. Amen. And I'm going to keep the blood working. Amen. How do you keep the blood working in your life? You know, the, the blood of Jesus continuing cleansing us from all unrighteousness. In First John, it talks about that. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from some... All unrighteousness. But you got to walk in the light of his word and understanding of his word. And when you know what his word says and you don't obey it, then you're walking in darkness. Oh, I'm preaching today. But when you know what it says and you obey it, then you're walking in the light. And when you're walking in the light, you're not walking in sin. And when you're not walking in sin, you're not walking in separation. If you're not walking in separation, you have relationships with God and the body of Christ. Man, I got it out. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And then it's sweet, sweet fellowship. It's sweet fellowship with the Father. It's sweet fellowship with each other. And and then you walk in the peace of God. And then you don't forfeit the peace, the the kingdom blessings, peace, love, and joy. You don't forfeit those things with the sin. Because sin will, 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 will destroy your peace level. Will destroy your love level. Will destroy your joy level. Sin will do that. And so when, when, you, when you're judging yourself and making sure you're right, amen, and then you, then you can, when you come out of those things, you can tell people, hey, I was there. I put those things down. I'm walking with God now. And now I have a sweet relationship with God. I have assurance of my salvation because I'm walking with him. My heart doesn't condemn me anymore. I don't, you know, when I used to walk and man, when I used to backslide every once in a while, In my walk with God, I would backslide and go back in some of my old things, you know, that things that, you know, those old vices. And because, you know, pressure and all that will cause you to sometimes go towards that instead of trusting God to escape. People will escape and there's escape in alcohol and they escape in pornography. And they will escape in these these things that are destructive to your soul and may bring you down into a may bring your soul down to hell if you don't watch out. Because if you start loving these things over God, that becomes an idol. And, and that becomes an idol, sin becomes your God. If sin becomes your God, then where are you going to end up? Oh, okay, I'm preaching today. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So, so, so my, my beloved children, as, as John would say, the Apostle John, he said, guard yourself from idols. Guard yourself from worshiping anything but God. Guard yourself from worshiping your career. Guard yourself from worshiping your spouse. Guard yourself from worshiping anybody but Jesus. Amen? Don't don't have a secret sin that can destroy your fellowship with the Father and destroy your fellowship with others. And don't be judging people. And that's what we tend to do is because remember David, man, I want to close this out. But remember David, and he was there. And he committed you know, adultery with Bathsheba, and then he, he had, you know, Uriah, her husband, killed because, you know, he got her pregnant, and then he tried to get Uriah to come off the battlefield so, so he, she, he could have relations, relations uh, with Bathsheba, so, so it would make it look like it was, you know, Uriah's baby instead of David's baby, right? Whose baby is it, Right? <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like some kind of TV show, you know, and uh, and uh, and, you know, and David said, oh, man, get your ride. And he, let's get him drunk. He said, come on over. Let's get him drunk. Hey, don't you want to go back to your house? I mean, your wife is over there. She's waiting for. Him. Oh, no. He, he was so honorable. I mean, Uriah was so honorable, he slept on the doorstep of David's kingdom. And he said, I can't, I can't go to my wife and sleep with my wife tonight. I got my men on the battlefield, and I wouldn't feel right about it. Boy, that guy was sold out to the battlefield, to David. And David said, okay, then here, take this, and, and wrote his death sentence, you know, sealed it with the king's, and give this to the high commander. And, I, and it was a note to put Uriah in the front of the lines so he can be killed by the enemy in the battle, right? So David had him killed strategically. Right. And then he's going about doing all good. Right. He has now he's married, you know, Bathsheba and, and she's pregnant and and all this. And then, you know, then Nathan, the prophet, comes in and says, I got to talk to you. And, and, and David said, yeah, what's going on, man? And, and Nathan said, well, you know, there's somebody in your kingdom. And uh, they're we- wealthy. They have all this sheep, but there's this one poor family in the kingdom that has a sheep, but it's a pet, and it's it's their pet. They 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 feed it from their table. They they sleep with their that that pet. It, it's even his name is Fluffy, you know. And uh, I'm just adding to it. And uh, and so it's a pet sheep. But this rich man went out and and stole that pet sheep. And slaughtered that pet sheep and gave it to one of his guests that came over and, 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 and talked about how, how great he was, you know, at that table, you know. And David said, you saying that he, he took that, that poor family's only sheep, their pet, that man deserves to die, right? See, when we have sin in our life, it will cause us to have, make us more judgmental on other people's sins, and David was more judgmental and he wasn't seeing. He was blinded by his own sin, his own hypocrisy. And, and, then, and then Nathan said, uh, David said, who is that man? And Nathan said, you are the man. And we've all been that man one time or another. But thank God for his grace. Thank God that we can repent. Thank God that he gives us a second chance. Because he's given me many chances. I shouldn't be up here today. I, I, I don't qualify to be up here. But you know what? God's faithful, his word is true. You repent, you give your life back to God, and he'll make something out of you. He will make something out of you. And that's what the, that's what the boy said when he, the wayward boy, that, that walked away from his father, got his inheritance. He said, "I want my inheritance," but then he said, God, "He said, God, make me a servant." And we need to get to a point in our life where we're not going to let anything separate us from God's love. We're not going to let anything separate us uh, from from our relationship with our loved ones. We're not going to let anything come against that. And as we continue to walk in love towards the father and walk in love towards others and and continue to walk upright the best that we can that we endeavor to do everything right every day of our lives I'm telling you the entrance of the kingdom of God will open up to you and you will walk in like a king do you believe that today did you receive it this morning let's bow our heads in prayer father I just thank you father God that you are merciful You are so kind to us. And Father, I thank you that you're not just the God of the second chance. You're the God of the third chance. You're the God of the fourth chance. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you are the merciful Father, that your mercies are renewed every morning. And Father, I just thank you for these precious people here this morning and those that are watching online today. And Maybe there's areas in your life that you know that you need to get straight with the Lord. Maybe you haven't totally given your life to Jesus. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And I'm going to encourage you today. If you're watching online or perhaps you're here in the audience today and you've never you haven't given your life fully over to God. I'm going to I'm going to ask you to do that today. And I'm going to just say, let go and let God and watch God do something awesome in your life. And he'll make you into a beautiful person that he's called you to be. So say this out loud. Mean it mean, it, mean it in your heart. Just say, dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit, with your love, peace, and joy today. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.